to the But Here We Go podcast, coming from But Here We Go Studios in lovely Dallas, Texas. Welcome to 2023. I think this is our first it is. podcast for the year. On the 21st. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old man. Yeah, we have we have really dropped off the podcasting wagon, you know. In my defense, I keep telling myself, like, oh, we'll just do it, like, every two weeks. And then I look at the calendar, and I'm like, oh, we yeah. really haven't done it. Do we need to put it in the calendar that from now on? That seems too stressful. That, that, I don't, that's like, I, I don't need an addition to the calendar. Having it in the calendar compared to when we were just saying, okay, it's the weekend, it's time to podcast. I think it, to I your point. I think it takes the fun out of it. Even, yeah, it takes the fun out of it. And even when it would be every other week like if we were to do it every two weeks have it in the calendar then it kind of feels like it's a chore or something right compared to oh it's saturday night it's podcast time need i remind the few people in the audience i don't think you do need to remind them but you can sure this all started as a way for us to spend quality time together instead of just sitting on a couch watching television yeah which is funny because like i feel like there's like nothing on TV to watch right now. So you would think that we would increase our podcasting. Yeah, you would think that. Right. I think part of it is that we used to talk about TV. Right. We did. But that, that is funny, though, because uh, to, to just jumpstart talking about TV <laughs> after I just said there's <laughs> nothing to watch, there really hasn't been a lot to watch. But um, on HBO Max... Which we have like some weird like subscription yeah, with our knows? phones or something. Anyway, they just came out last week with this new zombie show, and I called. What's the show called? The Last, the Last of, Us? of Us. Right, right. I love zombie love things. It. World War Z. I could watch it. over and over again. We were really into The Walking Dead for a very long time. I am. I am thinking about going back, back and just like watching I the whole thing over. Rick's not on it, and they killed off all. Like I just, I don't know if I can stomach it. I, we, I really dropped off after they spoiler alert showed Glenn's like head getting smashed in. Like that was yeah. like I emotionally couldn't handle it. Um. Anyway, what is interesting about um this zombie show, um. One, it's like based on a video game and for all the video game nerds out there, apparently it's a pretty big deal because it is like frame by frame identical to the video game, yep. um, which again, I that I'm not, I don't know, but that, that's like sweeping all the internet by storm because um, apparently that's like really special. Cool. Yeah. Well, and then like one of the actresses who plays a part in the video game is re, she's reprising her role oh, in cool. the... Which is, again, inter- anyway, video games have really gotten intense lately. But what I find interesting about this is, like, typically zombies in every zombie thing you've ever heard of, it's like a virus, right? Yep. And, uh, but not so in this case. Um, in this alternate reality zombie, whatever, it's a fungus, which I yeah. thought was fascinating. Because it kind of, like, one, it changes, like, how it's... Um, how it's transmitted. Right. Um, and it's it like evolves. spores. And it changes like the look of the zombie. Yeah. I've only, we were only one episode in because they're they're not letting you binge it. It's like a Sunday night release. So yep. episode two will come out tomorrow. But I'm very interested thus far. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it. there's a few different aspects to this that I'm curious, just generally curious on. One of it being the fact that it is basically frame for frame mm-hmm. with the with the. Have I showed game. you the clips where they show you? You haven't. Okay. But I, I'm curious how that's going to go over as far as viewership because anybody oh. who has watched the who has played the game already knows everything. Then if they stick that closely the whole way, and it also means that there are obvious like you could go out and find out exactly what Spoilers. happens. So that is one aspect. But then to your point, there is that almost um, almost a nostalgic feeling or some type of camaraderie or something associated with knowing this is exactly what it is. And now it is it's a retelling, basically the same exact thing, almost like it as I'm talking through it, it 
almost, almost makes me think of the live action stories that we're getting now, oh, like, like The Disney? Lion King, right. Little Mermaid. I was going to say, the, the what, because again, I'm not a video gamer, um, but as an avid reader, like, you can tell because you call it a I video know, gamer. Right? <laughs> um, I, I also don't do sports. I still call their uniforms costumes. <laughs> Are you a sporter? <laughs> I'm not a sporter. <laughs> um... But as an avid reader, like, there are certain books that I like, love or series I love that have not been turned into movies. That if they were turned into movies, I would be very happy for it You'd to be, be a frame by frame. Like, the only difference with the video game is with a book, you don't have a visual. Yeah. And so there is a little bit of like a newness to it. But that's what's interesting about this is like the actors... Well, all of them except for that one lady are different and the visuals are different in the sense of it's not the video game yeah but but it's the same i don't know it's interesting but lastly on that um i think it's also kind of well i don't know it could be both you either have your people who are like i can't wait for non-gamers to see this because then that gets yeah. my friends who don't play video games interested in something i'm interested in and they like that or you get the ones who are like oh like posers <laughs> yeah you don't even know you didn't play the video game so i don't know anyway it's really yeah. interesting so far yeah and i think there are several other things that we have tried to watch that yeah jack ryan season turned two out well. or jack three. ryan we started she hulk i know that's really old and that was just because i feel like there's but you enjoyed it i yeah, like fell asleep where i started kinda, reading it's instead. kind of funny but i also i am I'm not not enjoying Jack Ryan, but it's also predictable. The previous right now. seasons of Jack Ryan were good, and I liked they were it. Good, this they were season's exciting. writing is terrible. The writing's not so it's good. So bad. And it's and it's it's predictable, right. and it. I think it's bad that it's so predictable right. because it is slow moving right yes, now. Yes, it's very slow. But. I think, was there one other thing that we started? Oh, yeah, that climbing show. Oh, yeah, The Climb. Right. It will it's, get canceled. It, it, 100%. It may make it through, well, obviously it made it through one season. Maybe it'll get a second season, but probably not. And it's interesting. For for those listening. For those that climb. We actually know someone on this yep. new reality. It's like a new, if not the only rock climbing reality show I've I've never heard of a rock climbing yeah. reality show and like is it Jason Momoa yeah yeah Aquaman guy Aquaman. and the guy from he was in Game of Thrones right yeah he was okay for like a season um he apparently is a climber so he like paired up with a bunch of climbers to do this show we were watching it and we legitimately know a guy a contestant yep. on it which was kind of funny we know a I mean contestant not like we never it. like hung out with him real life but he he didn't own the gym, right? He was just no. the manager he, of the rock climbing gym we yeah, used to be a part of. Yeah, he does stuff. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, we only and, watched an episode and a half. Yeah, we, we haven't made it too far in. Maybe we'll finish it. But I think that's, to your point, like the fact that, yes, there are a lot of new things coming out, but we can't binge them because they simply aren't good enough to binge right well and that's i was while you were talking about that i was like i wonder if it's the fact that we can binge things that and it's the, i will admit it's more so me than you i give up way like easy the fact that i can just binge it i will binge like three episodes and i'm like i'm done but i'm wondering like if i would have to wait for the episode if i would hold out longer since i had already committed so much time to it or if there was, if it was one of those things where it was every night that it was a, a different show that we were watching, then it's like, okay, we've got our one hour of TV. This isn't our right. favorite show, but it's the only thing on right. on Wednesday night. Right. So now we're going to watch it. Because that really, because like I remember in high school, and this is funny because I, I used to journal somewhat consistently in my youth. Mm, um, but I would journal every Wednesday night. Like that's when I had decided was my journaling night, which in Why? high school happened to be the night that Lost was on. Mm. <laughs> and I was obsessed with the show Lost, which I still stand by as one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, and so like without fail, my journal entry is just like Claire had her baby or <laughs> spoiler alert, Charlie died or just like really stupid yeah. stuff that had nothing to do with my life. But we, I had a show every single, like Thursday was Survivor Night. Wednesday was lost. I think house was on Mondays mm. and you always had your thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
that may be part of it. Because in those, it's obvious, like Lost, clearly the best. Right. Survivor, you watch it because it is a good, exciting reality TV show. But if you've got Lost versus Survivor and you have to choose one, like you're going to end up choosing. Right. Speaking of Survivor, before I forget, uh, Jeff Probst was interviewed and like is teasing the possibility of a season of Survivor with no challenges. Oh, no reward challenges whatsoever. And I'm like, stop messing up the formula. That is crazy. We don't crazy. need that. Like, just we like classic Survivor. I like watching them eat Applebee's. <laughs> That's that is enjoyable for Not me. Not that I ever want to eat Applebee's. No, but it's fun watching them. But do it. Applebee's, if you want to sponsor this show, the way you sponsor Survivor, <laughs> you are more than welcome. Uh, did you watch West Wing with me, or did I watch that on my own? We ended up watching that together. Okay, they're rebooting it. Rebooting with the it? same cast. What? How can you reboot it with the same cast? He can't come back as president? Right. I don't know. But I, like, because uh, I follow a couple of like the people, on, but, like Allison Janey, oh, she's going to be in it. And then Josh Molina is going to be in it. And then I can never remember his name, um, but he um, was in Get Out and um, he played Steven Sondheim in Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, yeah. Him. You know what I'm talking about? Josh yeah. Line. He played Josh Linus. I don't yeah, remember what yeah, his name. Yeah, anyway, yeah. they're all in it. So who good, knows? But I was good. like, oh, I usually hate reboots, but we'll I see. love the West Wing. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Anyway, well, enough good. about TV. Good. Yeah. So enough about TV. There's some shows out. Some of them may be good. Some of them may be bad. Maybe by the next time we podcast, Wakanda Forever will be on yeah. Disney Plus and, and I'll finally get to see it. You know what I was thinking about, though, before what? you move on? What? I was thinking about um, just in prep for tonight, like what we had talked about last time what we did the podcast. What did we talk about last time? We talked about New Year's resolutions mm. and my New Year's resolution for reading was to do more Quanti- quality. quality over quantity and joe i'm literally reading book number 10 yeah i was gonna ask you <laughs> I, I was gonna ask you because you've been reading a lot how how is the quality over quantity business going um that's a great question here's my problem and i i because people have been like because i post it's it's like as, as an encouragement to myself number one and then i do know a lot of other readers who enjoy like you know if you're a reader you like to see what anyway what everyone's reading um everyone's like why how are you reading this book so fast i it it becomes an adrenaline rush like almost like you're sitting at the slots that's the best thing i can explain of like how because i i have my an excel spreadsheet every year for the number of books that i read and i and i track how many books per month that i read and so i knew that last year in january i had read nine books and i was like can i beat it can i beat the record which because it's the most books I think I've read in a month. It's nine, maybe, I think. So what do you get out of reading these books? That's, what have you gotten so right. far? Oh, what a great question. Let me look at my list of books because, again, this is number 10. I will say this. I have, a, I, have a, I have not stated this as a goal because I don't want people to... Do not give me your book recommendations of fiction. I'm sorry. I don't... I'm very picky about fiction, and I don't want you to come tell me, like, oh, I love this book. I'll probably hate it. I'm sorry. This sounds really terrible of me. But I typically... I don't read a lot of fiction, and so I don't advertise that I... And my goal this year is to read more fiction. More. But I'm not telling anyone that. So if you're listening, you you are... This is top secret information. Please don't advertise that because then my sister is going to come out and be like, oh, my God, I've been wanting you to read this one book since we were 12. And I she refuse. Doesn't, she doesn't listen to the podcast. She doesn't, which is hilarious. Okay. Um, I read a book on a very short book. It was like 60 pages on poetry um, inspired by the book of Jonah, which is really, really good. That's good. And that's because I that was recommended by the Bible Project because I finished their um theology course on Jonah over Christmas. And so I was like, I'll grab this book. It was very good. Very short. Um, my favorite book so far this year, <laughs> I have nine, 10 is a book called Dawn, which is a, it's like a bio. So BioLogos is a Christian science organization. That is their whole purpose is to encourage and show how like they are, um, complimentary and they don't um, negate each other. It's Francis Collins. Francis Collins started it, but they helped um, get a book written called Dawn, and it's a fiction book, and it's a narrative telling of like 
the like from creation like to Jesus to now um, from the view of a proton, and it was so good. Um, I like wanted to cry in the first chapter, which is very rare for me, and so I highly recommend it. If anyone wants to borrow it, let me know. I'll let you borrow it. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, but that was very much because again, like our our other goal is like we wanted to enjoy nature more. And so it was very much connecting, like, the, the are you taking a photo right now? We're doing Be Real. Oh. Oh, no, you're... I was you're, fuzzy. You're real. I'm um, real. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that was really good. I read a book called Futureville, which is about the future of... Um, no, it was about heaven and how, like, there's a generational... Um, gap in, in our understanding of heaven and how both are incorrect and how we need to um, it's kind of like a anyway that was really really good yeah. and then I read a book about Mormons so what what have you learned or like what have you gained from reading these this many books or just, just books in, in general? general like what have you what are your big takeaways like not what the books are but what takeaways have you already gotten well, they're so are you, different. I can't answer you that taking, question. Are you taking time to get oh, takeaways like the from these books? Oh, like the quality yeah. part of it. Like the quality part of it. Yes. I, again, I've read like five fiction books out of the nine. And so I don't... The quality of fiction to me is more of like a, appreciating like an art piece. So that has been good. I've wanted to break it up with more fiction because everything else gets so dense. But yes, I've been enjoying it. I don't understand your question. I'm asking you to give us some type of wisdom from the books you've read. But they're all different books, Joe. Just like, just a thing. It doesn't have to be like a conglomerate of the <laughs> 10 books, but like pointing out Dawn, like what was that, that, what is like a takeaway from that book? Okay, I'll give you a takeaway from Futureville. Okay. Essentially like as Christians in America, we cannot we will lose not only people of our own body, but we will lose our evangelical witness. If we don't do not show the world that Jesus has good news for us today on earth and not just an escape plan for when the earth goes to ruin. Mm. And, uh, and that's where like a lot of churches miss the whole gospel of like, it is not just like, Oh, I'm safe. So I'm going to hunker down and wait till, like the end times, like that's not at all what Jesus intended us to do as in terms of making disciples and spreading the good news. And that, um, especially young people like our generation and younger, like that has been really difficult for us to stomach is when we see our parents and older generations just hide from the world instead of like facing it head on and, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Does that answer your question? It does. Okay, yeah. Sassafras. No, that's a great answer. Thank you. It was a good that's, book. That is kind of that whole idea there is why I want to start this next podcast. Not this next oh, podcast. Oh, it's like the next like, episode? Oh, your no, new podcast. Like you, are new we allowed podcast. to talk about that? Well, we're just going to we're okay, just gonna tease stay it for the five people who right, listen. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There so might be a new podcast Do you want your new podcast coming. to be like a theological bent? Because I did not think that's no, what your plan no, was. No, but the whole, your point of hiding or ignoring problems or ignoring the discussion that needs to be had, like trying to be politically correct, if you will, I think that is your example that you just gave ultimately kind of goes into that same exact thing like the reason to me there's two reasons why people don't talk about about religion it's because they don't want to offend anybody and because they they think that it is not a today thing right. like you're either saved or you're not right and once you are saved like you've got your ticket for the train to heaven and that's right. And you don't want to upset anybody by talking about your ticket to the train to heaven. And you don't want to talk about heaven on earth because those are. Well, we really don't have a good understanding of what that means. True. But I think that the whole point that I'm saying is that those ultimately 
could offend somebody. So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that's part of the problem and why we don't talk about all the things that we should be talking about. Because we don't, we'd rather, it's, it's the reason why everybody's so terrible at conflict resolution. It's because we don't want to work through something. We'd rather. Punt it. We'd, yeah, we'd rather <laughs> turn around and right. leave it. Well, and yeah, like how do you share gospel with someone who's like, parent is dying of cancer Mm. like they that that was another book i read um called searching for enough and it's like a the delicate balance between doubt and faith essentially Mm. um and it just talked about like people and this may be a generational thing but by and large nowadays people aren't looking for you like apologetics like christian apologetics people are not looking for you to prove to them in terms of like archaeological finds or like science i mean science is a big one but like they're not looking for proof like they like it's more of like an emotional trust issue of like i don't understand why they're suffering in the world like how can i believe in a god that allows these things to happen and it's not so much again, the nitty gritty fact questions. It's like the big existential life questions that are not like that's, you have to walk alongside somebody and like lovingly sit in that. And that is not one. It's not an easy thing to train people on, but it's also not like a quick thing. And typically, right. Typically American Christianity is very big about like ratcheting up numbers really, really quickly. Yeah. And that's not, (laughs) that's not necessarily his, but like, yeah, like how, the person who's sitting at their, like, you know, parent's deathbed wants to know, like, what the gospel means for them in that moment. And then their yeah. life admits their suffering, not just like, oh, that means my parent may be in heaven when they die. You know what I yeah. mean? And so it's a complicated yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what that, I know what you, the podcast you want to start is about, and I have no idea how those two things go together. Well, but, you know, I'm glad it's given you some thoughts. Yeah. Well, I think on that we should transition yeah, into up? some new topics. What do you want to talk about? I was thinking, like, as we were talking about this podcast, meaning when we brought it up yesterday that we should <laughs> podcast, what usually happens at the beginning of the year? I feel like there's usually there's the resolutions. We talked about that last time. I feel like on LinkedIn, all I'm seeing are different announcements, whether it's like a new a new partnership or a new thing or new this or new that. One thing that I pointed out, I, I would like to hear, since you're now like on LinkedIn all the time because okay. of your side hustle, right. I want to hear like a, an exciting announcement that you've seen on linkedin if I there haven't is one seen any i don't i'm sure you've seen I don't something read linkedin i write posts for linkedin but you have to make relevant posts which means you have to like read some stuff no i might the it's literally just about this specific company's updates so i, I i'm so sorry to disappoint you okay well, you share with well, me well, what you gonna, found well that's gonna fall flat <laughs> I tried to be a yes man, but I really did not know how to answer your question. Well, the one that I wanted to discuss, it's one that I that I sent you. This is one of those interesting things that I've seen lately. This is an announcement? One of no, it's like a interesting announcement or article. And yeah, this like was something that was unveiled oh, okay. recently two weeks ago so at the las vegas electronics show a british columbian company unveiled their ai driven autonomous stroller did you read the article for this i didn't i just you told me about it but who asked for this who asked for it? Well, let me What's let me give you. What's keeping someone from kidnapping your child while the computer is walking let me around give the block? You, let me give you a little bit more. Okay. A little bit more I'll substance with this article. Basically, this is a stroller that walks itself. I got that. So, it the whole idea is that it makes it easier so that you don't have to push your stroller. Now there are, of course, a few a few safety things added in. Meaning, 
with a child inside the AI or like the, the self-driving mode, if you will, does not work unless you are holding on to the stroller. What? So you are there, you are present walking this stroller, but it basically has like a self-driving motor that will let it move forward. As long as you're holding on as to it. As long as you're holding on to How it. How much is this going to cost the average consumer? Ooh, ooh, you want to know price? Do we have a price? You want to know price? I, I need to know the price. You need to know the I price? I need to know the price. Initial pricing will be $3,800 per s- unit. Do, okay, I'm sorry. So, uh, this have you ever, this is going to be a really bad analogy, but have you ever seen that little like uh, doohickey that you like, it's like it's a it's like an automatic stirrer for like you're sautéing a sauce and you just like put it on your pot and it just like moves around in like a figure eight to stir your sautéing thing so it doesn't like burn at the bottom of the pan. I've not seen that, but that actually sounds very useful. Super useful, and I would pay five dollars for that. Five dollars? I might pay. But this this stroller to me is if someone was asking you to pay thirty eight hundred dollars for that pasta. Like sauce spinner, like it's it's literally not doing anything. It's like that motorized scooter or like a motorized electric bicycle. You're not even using, you're not even exercising. That is that is the examples that it gives. Is that this is essentially an e bike, but except you, but, it's a but shoulder. Here's the, thing, the mother still has to walk. Yeah. So what's the point? Here it says. Like what is Where it is saving? It? Like how how heavy is this six so month old baby that's that a really it's good that point. big of a struggle to that's push really this stroller? It says here, especially in Vancouver as well, there's so many hills and you see parents struggling going uphill and downhill with a fully loaded stroller. Okay, this is, so seems like a different lifestyle. So here's my question. Right. What is a not fully loaded stroller? <laughs> like, who's going out there walking their stroller without a child in it? Well, are they doing, like, groceries? Like, are they going on a Ooh, grocery run? Yeah. Because I can see, like, a New York, Manhattan, a New York, Manhattan, Manhattan, Manhattan mother, I can't say Manhattan without Manhattan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so somebody inner, like, like, if you have to go do laundry, urban. right, and you're, like, having to carry, like, the laundry and the baby, whatever, like, I could see how that would be helpful. But again, who's, uh, how, I don't get it. Don't well, understand. so here's the thing, the, the pictures that are shared, which aren't aren't great or anything it looks like a regular stroller it doesn't look like you can fit a laundry basket or even groceries it's just you know just so you don't have to push the stroller uphill and you don't have to like control it downhill right right right. uh question for you and here we say this i know that it can be a struggle pushing a stroller like sometimes you're as your child gets older at least it gets a little bit harder right but i still understand how much because especially with like how fast it has to be going fast enough to where it's like actually helping solve a problem but slow enough to where it's not dragging the mother (laughs) or father or whoever is pushing it across the road you know what i mean yeah so this is a very like small amount of power behind this thing to where i'm like i don't understand this but then i'm like how quick is the will it turn off once the baby's removed? Because I'm thinking for like mm. as a kid grows older, well, as most mean, parents know, your child will like to jump uh, out of the stroller at the worst possible timing. Will this AI stroller know that or will it or run, run child run over? over. <laughs> exactly. And, like the Tesla cars. And what about the battery? Like, is it ch- I get you have it to charge for like, it? Yeah. I'm, I and mean, will it doesn't it work. It doesn't have an engine will on it. Will it work with, is there like a non AI mode or like, does it like automatically No, I think the break? AI portion is, is for the automatic braking essentially. And to make sure it's like not walking out into the street. So it would still work without it being charged or like it's, it would just automatically lock until charged up again. Ooh, and then you're see, totally I don't know screwed. Those. Yeah. Yeah. And so newborn anywhere from depending on the age seven to ten pounds okay quick easy not very heavy but now once you talk to like jake jake will still sometimes ride in a stroller he's four and a half right he just he weighs what like 35 pounds Mm -hmm. or something 
that's a pretty heavy load to be pushing in a stroller. And he jumps out at whenever he wants. I've run him over before. (laughs) Not really. And you're not a computer. Yeah. But then also with our neighborhood, there are some not well-kept sidewalks. Right. Is this stroller really going to be able to like notice the sidewalk? Is right, it going to be able to? Parts, times duck, where we're pushing the stroller. Is and it like, going to be able to pop a wheelie to right, get over like, that? Because like we've thrown Jake out of his own stroller because we've hit like a curb weird or something. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So many questions. I I would not so buy many. hard pass. I am also. I also just think, with that price point. Our stroller. This is for bougie people. Stroller, this is just, this is a bragging right. People will just, it's like, again, oh, look at the Tesla I have my driveway. Oh, look at my AI stroller. This is going to all be just keeping up with the Joneses. Well, I think, let me finish the point I was making that I, it is an order of magnitude larger than the stroller that we got. And we were looking at it and be like, okay, oh, is this too expensive? And we did not go with like a, a fancy one. We went with something that we thought was good That's quality. Right. It was like two eighty or something, right? Or uh, more? I I think we were in the like three to five hundred range. Okay, more towards the three hundred. Right, we got a jogger because yeah. we had dreams of jogging with our sweet yeah. infant. But overall, we got something that wasn't super expensive, and I think that that was. It, to me, even like jumping to like a thousand dollars for a stroller, which I know is like totally on the market everywhere. I'm sure we've seen plenty of thousand dollar strollers, but I don't understand how you think about something like that. It doesn't compute for me thinking about a stroller and spending that much money on. Here's one. the thing: we're not the demographic show. We gladly, if not willingly. If not prefer things from the trash. Well, not <laughs> we are a not the targeted consumer. I would not pick up a stroller from the trash. You know what? When so this is my thing, and this may be a very unpopular opinion. Why? And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll regret this. Because um, Joe you can always remove it. Joe is the nervous Nelly out of the two of us. He's very. Um, one would argue overprotective, but I, I see the I benefits. I would argue not. I see the overprotective. benefits. Um. Logically speaking, I can understand that, um, like a like for a uh, car seat, for example. Yeah, spend some money. Well, I don't know. We like bought the cheap one, and it's been fine. People spend how? Someone told me essentially, it's like they are all passing. They are all required by law to pass the same yep. safety standards. Yep. So whatever is in a store to be sold is permissible and it is safe. Yeah. So there is no difference between a $30 Walmart uh, car seat and like a $500 car seat, except for the fact that your kid has like two cup holders <laughs> and like fluffy plus, you know what I mean? It's like, which again, like that's, you want your kid to be comfortable. Like we all want, you know, a, a road trip is hell enough with a small child like you know any little bit counts but like i don't understand like if a if a car seat is a year old most people would not i don't know anyone who would get a hand-me-down car seat unless it was like a a poverty situation would you agree Yeah. yeah but why is that and I shouldn't that be changing? Because like, is it? Are these? And this is gonna okay. Like everyone, don't yell at me yet. But like, that's a lot of plastic. Like, where is all? <laughs> is it recycle? Can we recycle this plastic? Is it not able to be recycled? Is there just like a mountain of perfectly old good car seats. but like old car seats because no one will take them? Like, is there? You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain point because yeah. like because second and third children, and if you have five children, you keep those car seats and you use them over and over again so in theory they're still safe so like what is the stigma what's going on here? yep so i think there's there's two points to that the first one being the if you don't know what that car seat's history is that's the big problem and i think it's the same but wouldn't it be easy to like look at a car seat and know if it's compromised yeah, you would you would hope that there would be things, but I think there's 
it's the same idea with something like rock climbing gear and why it it may be looked upon as taboo to buy used gear because there is the possibility that there was something that happened that has created points of weakness in that gear or in that car seat that is not necessarily easily discernible or easily viewed. And it's the same reason that that on every single bike helmet, it says if you get into an accident, you need to buy a new helmet. Because as soon as that helmet hits the ground too hard, then it is considered compromised and could break and not help you the next time. So I think there's that aspect that there might be an over overabundance of caution that you right you and don't know where it's children. coming from here we say yeah. i understand it's children yeah so there's that aspect but then i think and this i don't know i could i could postulate or 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 guess that you're right most of it is that extra cup holder that you get most of and then the a little bit of extra fluff or that is that is purely comfort but it would be really cool to see a car seat with its own built-in airbags for the well, child. Well, because that's what I was going to say is like, like, obviously we put our child in a car seat. I know yeah. that it's for safety and I want my child to be safe. Yeah. But like, how much does it actually help? Because like, Jake's is not yeah. very plush. So like, I could see depending on where we got hit in a car, he would still have significant damage to yeah. his body. And it's almost like that hard plastic right. is purely for like projectiles that make sure right. he's not going to get anything pushed away and right. then and the like belt, if he starts to get fly out the window yeah and if he's going to have like whiplash like his head's not going that far and it's hitting right. but he's plastic. still going to have damage and so that's yeah. where i i'm like what is the yeah because like if 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 like if you get uh what's it called sideswiped like where you t-bone t-bone thank you if you get t-bone if you get t-bone on the side of the car that your child is on like i unfortunately i don't see how any car seat could save you yeah from that you yeah. know what i mean and so yeah. that's why i just it's i've always thought about that and all, again like we made sure yeah. we got a decent car seat but i'm yeah. just like where i think where this is coming from back to this ai stroller I think consumerism and capitalism really takes advantage of the fact that parents want the best for their children and sell us things that we absolutely do not need. And I think like the baby registry is a perfect example. Like we used, I remember like for what I remember, we didn't use half the stuff that we had in our registry, which we did a lot of research to build that registry. And we had to buy a lot of things from the store after the fact that we realized we needed after the fact. And so like, it's just, you know, it's all, it's also stuff that we get sold that I was like, is there actually a reason for this? Like, is yep. this car seat actually helping? Anything? I would, I would push back on that a little bit. I think we did try to use everything. The one thing that we did not use very much of are the reusable baby food jars. Yes, we did not use this at all. Surprisingly. I but I really don't. The, so there were two problems. We didn't make enough one, food. Jake. Yeah, like we just like we just kept reusing the same we five. Just, we chopped everything super small, and Jake would just eat it. We right. didn't. We we didn't really have a baby food phase right. where we ground everything we really up. Didn't have a baby food phase. The we did have a pouch phase, and I think that was the yeah. difference. Is that all of a sudden everything was in pouches, mm-hmm. and Jake just loved the pouches. And we even tried to make pouches for him, right? And he wouldn't eat ours. Right? He wouldn't eat our pouches. So I think that was, to me, that was why we didn't use those. Right. But all that to say, I feel like everything else we at least tried. And there were certain things where we were like, this is dumb and we're not going to use it. Or like we use it about five times and we're like, hey, he's, he's kind of doesn't like it or he's growing out of it. Right. So, so I think I totally agree. I think it is a lot of it is consumerism. And I think that when you're talking about something like a stroller versus something like, and in a stroller or a car seat situation where you're talking about a hundred dollars that pass inspection and is, is 
government approved versus a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars is it gold encrusted? It's rough estimates. <laughs> like that five thousand dollar thing better have gold. Like Willie wants for this ticket. for this AI stroller. I would fully expect that thing like turns into this this. Have you ever watched any of those Mars landers that just like poof out <laughs> like like we're dropping an egg or like we're dropping a billion dollar Mars rover trying to land it? Like I want this thing to poof out in this. I want to be able bags. as the mom be able to step onto a little thing and it carts me around with the baby. Yeah, that's that what would be I great. want. That, that would, would be, be dope. great. That I would but pay. I was, that's what I'm interested to see though. How is this AI thing passing inspection? I don't know. And can it get I hacked? Oh, can it get hacked? That's like I always love. That's, like, can it get hacked? That's scary. Has anyone hacked a self-driving car yet? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. We're gonna get taken off the air for just talking about it. Everyone who's been listening to this podcast <laughs> for a while knows how I feel about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Well, I think the. I think it was just an interesting article, and it's fascinating to see what people think we need yeah and in in some regards it makes me think of wally how we just exactly. slowly yes. slowly get more and more reliant on ai reliant on technology and we ourselves become a kind of a useless well that's because uh, we've talked about like the Google outlet, the bins a lot on this podcast, I feel like. But as much as I enjoy digging through all that stuff, so a lot of it really grosses me out. And not grossing me out that I'm digging for trash, but like you're in the back of the outlet is literally like a dump truck dumping all day while you're there. Not that we've been there all day, but uh, <laughs> just dumping stuff. Stuff. And like they don't even like when you go drop off stuff to donate, they don't they have too much. They can't even just like they're not like even they sending them all they to really a goodwill. They're it. sending them to the outlet directly and they're just dumping and like you sit there and you look at all this crap. And a lot of it's good, some of it's bad, like you know, it's all over the place. It's just like it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I think that to your point, there's so much stuff there. And when you think about things like homelessness Mm -hmm. and people who, I mean, this is, this is a bad example, but when you think about somebody who doesn't have the, the equipment to make a good meal at home, not talking about time, not talking about that kind of stuff, like having, having something like a crock pot to save Mm -hmm. you some time or a microwave to save you some time. And then pots and pans and stuff to eat it on. Like all of that stuff goes through these outlets mm-hmm. like crazy. We have seen full microwaves. I think I think the other time we saw a a complete like induction electric no, heating nice. stovetop. Right. It's like no, and this is what's funny too, is because like there's a lot of things that we find, and we either get it in hopes of like putting it to good use or like selling it, or uh, or I just think to myself, God, this is like I don't have a use for this, but I wish someone. I mean, someone surely must have, but they're like literally like even behind you, there is a there's like a donation bag that I've gone through and donating things. We are donating things to Goodwill that we got from Goodwill, and they're perfectly good. I just don't know who else to donate it to. Because, yeah. like, you know, it's hard. It's like, uh, it's, yeah, like, it's like the cycle of like, like good, the thing, and, and this is, so let me just say this real fast. Goodwill is notorious for being a terribly run organization. Yeah. Like a lot of it does not go back to people in need. It's very well documented. You can do all your research. Goodwill is not a good charitable organization, but it is the biggest and it's like the, oh, it's the easiest thing to do. So it's like what. What do you do? Like, how do you get this stuff to the people who need it? Yeah. Because I, I would hope that Goodwill would be doing that, but they're not. And yeah. I guess that's not really their shtick. You know, they've never really claimed that that's what they were doing. But yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the the interesting part that we could we could simply try to, like, go and give it to the people who do need it. But is that actually 
does that actually solve the problem? Do those people, like the homeless people that we could go and find, do they need 10 t-shirts? Like, how does that help them? Right. And the induction cooking stove, cooking top, like who can actually actually utilize that? that? Yeah. Like who (laughs) can. No one actually needs that. Yeah. Who's going to be able to use that? Right. Ultimately, that's going to be like somebody who is in, say, South Dallas, who their stove doesn't work anymore and they need a way to cook their food. Right. That's who needs the Instapot and the microwave and that stovetop. Right. But that's like that's what's sad about and it's not just America. It's like any like uh, what's the word? Uh, developed. I feel like I've been told we're not supposed to say that anymore. It's uh, developed and developing. Oh, OK. Okay, it's a fellow country. Anyway, you know, UK, us, and like Canada and whatnot. Yeah. Um, our economies are all, are, are mainly built upon things that no one actually needs. Yep. Like, if Consumerism. You look, right. Like, if you look at it, like, if you look around your house, and there's a lot of stuff that we you could probably. We need these flowers, though. <laughs> like, it, it's, well, like, and. It, and we need your American Girl dolls. Okay, that's, still. that's, yeah. We that's, need them. Right. Um, and this is probably, this is something, well, I don't know. This is something and that I you. And I need this chair. Oh my gosh. Let me finish. <laughs> this is something that you and I struggle with in different ways. You're a hoarder in the sense of like, you find really good things that are useful, but that will sit here. They're useful, but maybe not to us, if that makes sense. But you're like, ah, like these are so good. And then for me, um, as I, much as I hate to re- admit it, like I, because my life is so mundane, like shopping is actually really fun because <laughs> just buying something can be fun because it's something new and different to break up my day which is probably why i buy a lot of boba tea because <laughs> it's just like i get to buy anyway the adrenaline rush of buying a boba tea uh but yeah it's like we don't need any of this stuff like if truthfully if you like anything at goodwill unless you actually physically need clothing you don't and i'm talking about goodwill outlets i feel like most of the goodwill stores are mainly just clothes but the yeah. outlets have like everything and you, most of the stuff is not needed by anybody. Hence why it is in the bins. <laughs> it wasn't needed by its original right. owner. But like every day when the Goodwill outlet shuts down for the day, like where does that stuff go? Like where do they, do they just, where is the, like the uh, junkyard? That's where Wally starts popping up into bed. And like honest, like disclaimer, I've only seen the first five minutes of Wally. I've never actually finished it. I just know the gist. Um, it's just stuff. Like, I don't understand what we do with it. If we just hiding it in mountains, like, didn't you tell me that one time? They're just, yeah, I did tell you that one time. Just trash mountains. There's like a, a, there's an article of like where. Don't we drive by one to Houston? We drive by a, I think two different land. I think two different landfills (laughs) that are on 45. Yeah. That's a landfill. But the, there is, there was an article a few years ago that was talking all about fast fashion Mm -hmm. and where fast fashion goes to die or something was the title. And it's basically, I, I don't remember where, but it was somewhere in Africa. Basically anything that doesn't sell, doesn't make it through goodwill and get sold. It ends up getting put onto a barge and barges full of these old clothes end up in these certain locations and it's, and there it starts to be sold and gotten rid of. And it, the pictures in this article were some of it was like entrepreneurs in these areas who will go in and take like they'll go in and buy a bunch of the clothes and these are all like sold pennies per pound very similar to the bins where it's per pound for like whatever you grab but they will go in they will buy the stuff most of it they will cut down into new and then sell it as fabric. And that ends up being the value is like the different patterns patterns fascinating for, for some of them, for others, they go in and they like find what is good in those clothes, which may be if they get a hundred pounds that day, there might be 
two pounds that are good. Right. And it is very much like the bins where there's a hundred people trying to pull out the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people who are going through shopping Mm -hmm. these different areas. But this is also where one of those things going back to sports and sporting the big game in American football. Um, both teams have all of their yes, yes, clothes yes, yes. already made. So if they win. If they win. So you've already got blank, blankety blank, 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 champs, 2024, 20, right. or Roman numeral, Roman numeral games, things. But you've got it for both teams. Where do Where does everything go that was for the losing team? It ends up in these places. And then you end up with these an alternate reality where a whole country thinks another team won <laughs> <laughs> yeah almost or they know that they lost because right they they're got wearing their clothes. The jersey, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's a but those clothes are useless i mean yeah some people can wear them well and they're usually not made out of this is turning into like this a, is fast it's fashion, it's, fast fashion. Is, it's not it's not it doesn't break down and it's like it's well one it's it's not made in sustainable ways and so yeah. like you're already ruining it's the earth pretty much just trash. in terms of how you make it and then you're literally making trash that's so yeah. you're screwing over the earth in the first place to just screw it off at the yeah. tail end by creating trash now I just want to, I want to talk about one more thing on this point and then we could probably end the podcast because we've been talking for a while and Everyone's I like don't think I their eyes at how green this turned but out to There be. was a, a website that you tried that was like a grab bag garage sale oh, type yeah, website yeah, 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 where the, yeah. their whole point was we want to keep clothes out of the trash so we are going to just kind of put things in. You say what you need, and we're going to send it to you. Right, it's, and it was supposed to be super cheap. I thought it's it's a company called Good Fair, and they truly are hit or miss. Um, All but, of them were miss for me. Right, but you and truthfully, I think this is where I love the concept of Good Fair. I love what they're doing. I think it's great. Um, the prices are a little much. Uh, uh, okay. But what you can do is like if they'll be like, okay, um, like uh, if you need like a windbreaker, because I feel like windbreakers had their moment last year. We will send you a box, a mystery box of four vintage, a.k.a. thrifted windbreakers for forty five dollars. And you're like. Oh man, like a windbreaker from like Target even is $45. I can get four vintage ones for $45 plus $16 shipping. <laughs> Great. And then they show up at your door and they are the most four, hideous thing in the world. Four windbreakers that were sitting on the floor of your local Goodwill for 10 years. <laughs> well, I, yeah. And one of the examples that we had, we somehow ended up ordering t-shirts i don't know why we ordered you t-shirts ordered, like screen tees or something i don't know what don't happened know what we, were we ordered t-shirts and i what came in that it was one of them, a solid colored t-shirt one of them was an illinois t-shirt university of illinois that's great that's actually We've, in that donation bag. No, that one's virginia oh you're right you're so right, then right. we had a university of virginia t-shirt those two in the same mystery box. Why would you put two universities they they're not hand in the same mystery this box? They're just throwing things. And into then a the box. other like two or three shirts were, were like plain. They were solid were like colors. Plain solid yeah. color Hanes yeah. under <laughs> undershirts. And I paid like fifty five dollars for that mystery yeah. box. Yeah. So it's like, I I agree. I love the idea. There is something that needs to be done about fast fashion. And I really appreciate things like the bins and you see a lot more of these companies and a lot of bin style stores coming up that are their sole purpose or their sole business model is to sell returned items or the bins are all donated items. There's one like that's strictly target items. There's one that's strictly Amazon items, I think. So you see these popping up and that's cool, but I think that 
I still think there's more we can do. Well, but like you said, like, and I'll try to make this short. Like the reason fast fashion exists is because of the fashion industry, because every year they're purposely and thoughtfully creating fashion trends in order to sell more clothing. And so the only way that like the average person can keep up with the trends, which is very much probably more of like a female thing than a male thing, depending on what like social circles you're in, your only option in order to afford the new trend is fast fashion. And, but then like, cause like if the trend is going to change six months from now, I'm not going to buy, spend, you know, a hundred, if I, if I'm really tight on money, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on a, which don't even get me started on the jeans right now. It's very confusing. I don't know what to buy. Uh, but that's what it is. It's like the fast fashion would not exist and we would not have this problem if fashions were not changing this quickly. Like we, we've gone, we've already had reboots of like four different generations in the last three years of clothing. Like we need to slow down. <laughs> like we've gone through seventies and sixties and eighties. Nineties is having a moment right now. 20, 20, uh, two thousands is currently, kicking it it's just a hot mess anyway I'm- wait so does that mean my my tearaway adidas pants are coming back oh yeah yes. in fact we may you may have missed the moment i what? think they were in and now you're out what? yeah i it's already fast. missed it it's fast wow it is so fast because well and i i'm trying not i know you want to end this podcast, <laughs> but there was i don't know if it was an article or someone i knew was telling me this maybe it was Haley, but like fashion existed obviously but like Fashion trends did not exist until like I'm trying to think. It was like this. I just remember like her talking, someone talking about like how like colonials would always try to keep up with like the British fashions. Oh yeah, because before then you it's if you were hats. if you were oh it was that if you were a woman you had like three dresses you had your your summer dress, your winter dress, and, and your, your dress, dress that you wore at funerals. Oh yeah, funeral and your dress. Because mo- you would wear that morning dress for like six months, like depending on who died and how close they were to you. And those were your three dresses. And you would wear those and you, you would wear them until you, they, you grew out of them or you would mend them and repair them. Like you did not care. Like yep. it was, there was a little bit of caring, but not a lot of caring. But now it's like, oh, it's the new trends. It's the new trends. Yep. It's the new trends. Well, I think that is, I think that, is part of the way that this could all be, I guess, solved, if you will, or like something that you see more from these granola-esque companies. Like I think Patagonia, you can send them your old clothes and they will take what is good and repurpose it into new clothes. Or places like Chaco, you can send in your old shoes and actually get them resold right. to reuse them. And there's a lot of these granola companies that are doing that. Right, but they're still creating more trends. And that's the thing that bothers me. Yeah. And like, I, I just saw a TikTok on this. And you have to, please stand up for me here. You've heard me complain about water bottles, right? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we may have talked about it. Water bottles kill me because everyone's like, oh, the plastic straws, the plastic straws. I could care less about the plastic straws. I feel like those are easily solved. That pro- the plastic straw problem is a problem, but it's easily solved. The amount of metal or like yep. heavily plastic water bottles that are, I don't know, how do you recycle? Like I have, I'm staring at a hydro flask right now. How do you recycle that? I don't think you can recycle. Like that's like, it would be very it costly down. to recycle that. But there are such trends to water bottles that people yeah. have like 20 water bottles and they're like, Oh, I can't wait to get a new cute water bottle. I'm yeah. like, y'all, it is a container for your water. It should not be included yeah. in this fashion trend. It's yep. driving me crazy. Yeah. And anyway. I think, yeah, that's, that is part of it. And when you think, especially one of the hardest parts is when you start, start, um, mixing, and convoluting that idea because water bottles are great. The whole idea was, okay, let's stop using single use plastic, drink more water. It's better for you, better for the environment. But for something like a hydro flask, it is like, it is something insane. Like 10,000 water bottles is what you have to send through that in order to make that more environmentally friendly. And you're buying a new hydro flask every year because you want to stick with the new trend 
That's net. You are, or you doing, want like five in different colors. Yeah, you are doing worse for the environment than you would is be. Is it that? Let me just play. And this is going to be a three-hour episode at this point. Uh, sorry, this is what happens when we don't podcast enough. Um, is it the consumer? Is it the producer's fault, or is it the consumer's fault? Because did the producers really care, and they think literally the only way we're going to be able to get these people to jump on board? And help the environment is if we make it trendy enough to buy into it or you know what i mean like which came first it's, or are they like oh let me take advantage of this because it's all super trendy to be green now depending on where you live so let me see how i can milk more money out of this situation. i think that it is a i think it is more general business that is to blame because Business and economics state that you must have upward growth, right? Upward growth. Right. Whereas a hydro flask company or hydro flask as a company could say, we are going to produce a hundred thousand bottles every year unless we see we absolute it, yeah. higher demand. We can make them new and pretty and cool, but ultimately, that is the number we're going to print. And that's going to be it because we think that that is what is sustainably needed for, for the population. And so they could do that, but then their shares would tank. They wouldn't be able to get investment and nobody would find them interesting. And ultimately it, I think there is that give and take of like, you don't actually want to sell out of all your inventory. You want to have more so that you like you don't want to run out. You don't want to run out because then you feel like you've missed part of the market. Right. And, and I then think that, the board gets upset that you lost out. Yeah. On and that, that again is part of part of the the economics. So what I hear you saying is the the problem at hand is unregulated capitalism. That's what I hear um, you say. I don't know about unregulated capitalism. I think it is unrealistic. Business practices? Greed. What I hear you say is greed. greed. It's, greed. it's greed. It's greed. That's what it is. Yeah. Hey. And bad and just just poor poor understanding of well, I I don't know Building. I don't know what and how to say it because it's not it's not a poor understanding of economics. I think economic models of today, like, they make sense in some generalities, but when you're talking about sustainability, right? the whole difference between sustainability and upward growth, those two do not right. – like you can't have both. It's the, it's the age-old question of like just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Yeah. And it's like having the, the thoughtfulness to take a step back and be like, hey, like this may be good for business, but is this good for the customer? Is this good for the planet? Yeah. Is this good for the society as whole? And if not, like maybe we should like recircle and figure this yeah. out. Yeah. And I think it talking about like macroeconomics to that everybody is scared of a of a deflationary economy, but ultimately we maybe not an inflationary or deflationary, but like a stagnant. I know stagnant's not a good word, like that has negative connotations, but a I guess instead of calling it stagnant, you should call it a sustainable economy and a circular economy. And that is almost the best for everybody. But it, I mean, I guess you can, you can keep going around in the circle because we do also have continued population growth. I know people talk about popula population decline occurring in the near future, but I think that that's another thing that there is a significant amount of the population that still doesn't have power, still doesn't have their own hydro flask, still needs needs education on what sustainable right. practices are and education on kind of a whole lot of things. Right. Because at the end of the day, the only reason why scarcity exists is because of sin. That's not the yeah. way the, our world was created. It was yeah. not the intent and the main design. 
but because of sin, here we are. <laughs> and yep. because of that, we've, uh, you know, like, that's we, why we, we all were never want made, everything. We were not, we were not created to own the earth. <laughs> like we were created to be like to run it and help things flourish, but we were not ever made to own it and bottle it and, and hoard it and dispense it to whoever we saw fit. So it's, yeah. you know, this is not how. This is not what God intended. No. The love he of just money is the root hanging. of all evil. He wanted us hanging out in a garden, eating from all those trees except those. Well, I think that's like, that is why the church needs to get themselves a seat, force themselves into the seat at the table of sustainability and all these Mm. conversations, because like truthfully Mm. that, I mean, and it's not that it's lacking. It's because there are a lot of Christians who do care and are part of the conversation, but without that gospel component and like recognizing like, like that Christian element of like looking at this earth and like, and and other people and like this holistic, like love for mankind and and God is vital to the conversation. And like a lot, like the secular community gets a lot of that. But there is a lot of that that can only be explained from Christianity and theology. Yeah. And so, like, that's why I think it's so frustrating um, for me and I'm sure you is that, like, Christians aren't having these conversations because we yeah. really have so much to say. And we, by God's grace, are running a lot of businesses. Yeah. And so we do have a lot of power to set good examples and make significant changes, not in, like, our own companies, but, like, our communities. And, like, we're not... Yeah. We're not having those we're conversations. Not, we're not doing that. Right. Yep. Yep. Anyway. Well, we're <laughs> not going to. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. On that note. It's not a, it's not a sad note. It, it's um, a challenge. It's Joe. a challenge. Get out there. Be more sustainable. Right. With that, we're not going to have a sponsor for this episode. <gasps> we're... You know why? Because we're stopping taking all this fast fashion trash. Take that capitalism. That we're not going to use anyway. That's why we stopped the hats. Let's be real. Is it beautiful? If I'm going to keep grabbing koozies, I'm going to have to start giving them away. You or need we're to gonna stop. Have to... Don't even get me started about conferences and the trash that they oh, give out. Oh, man. It's such so a much trash. So much trash. But sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's useful. And so... This episode, no sponsor. The sponsor this is you. Brought to you by the love of Christ. It's brought to you by <laughs> sustainability. Eden. Eden. We want to get back to Eden. All right. With that, let's end it. Okay, bye. But here we're out. Bye.